Welcome to Awakened. Now what? I'm your host, Helen. And I'm your co-host, JR. The purpose of creating this podcast is to build community amongst those who are awakened, those on the spiritual path, and those who are curious about spirituality. We're back at it with another great episode. Yes, we are. And today we will be talking about sex, dating, and spirituality. And today we'll be mainly focused on sex and dating through a spiritual lens. Now, what exactly does that mean? It means creating new relationships and experiences through a high spiritual awareness and a conscious approach. When you're living a life with an awakened consciousness, everything changes, right, Helen? Yes. And especially relationships and dating and sex and all that good stuff. (laughs) (laughs) So with an awakened consciousness, how do we navigate the realm of sex, dating, and relationships? The old programs, the outdated principles of the matrix are destined to fail and destined to encounter numerous issues and problems because the dynamics are always distorted. People do not understand the mechanics of energy. Mm. And so with this podcast, we want to introduce new ways of thinking, but in order to build new neural connections and new brain pathways of dating and sex, we first need to identify the old ways and the old programs. So... Let's drop everything we know. Let's drop all the stigmas about sex, about dating, and let's start anew. Yeah, if there was a blanket statement to kind of what we're doing here with these energy mechanics, it's to really show you that dating isn't about outside in. It's about your intuition, who you are as a being, and from the inside out. Right. You transform what's within, and that translates outward. Helen, Bring the listeners in to the old ways of dating, the old ways of how you used to date. And Me personally? You, yes. Or you. My old ways of dating. Um, definitely Disney brainwashed where I thought that I could meet a Prince Charming and we would live happily ever after. Right. It's the, <laughs> the fairy tale ending. Yeah. Right. And the fact that well, the, this like it should be an easy like fall in love, swept you off your feet. Right. Kind of the deal. Right. That's not how it works. That's not how dating works. <laughs> not at That's all. That's not how relationships work. The things that you see in movies, these romantic comedies, isn't what happens in real life. I mean, society has been bombarded with media and movies, and they have told us how to feel, how to behave, how to approach relationships. Literal programming. It's programming. The more you watch it, the it, more it is in is, your brain. It is, it's programming. <laughs> <laughs> Now that I think about it, I don't think I would let my kids stuck to their television watching these Disney movies. Yeah. Now, we're probably going to get a lot of backlash about <laughs> a lot of people love Disney. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell me a little bit more about your dating. Like, how did you used to approach it? Did you wait for guys to call you, text you, hit on you? What, what, what were those Yeah, first? which is very passive. There was none of that. This is how I want to feel. This is how I, what I want to create with someone else. Just like, oh, well, he's interested. Maybe I should be interested. Right. I was huge in the bar scene. When I actually decided to make dating a priority in my life, I was all about it. I would go to the bars and hit on women. <laughs> That's what I would do. And I did that every weekend. I think was that a bit predatory? Did you feel like oh, you were like on a hunt? Well, yeah, here's the thing. It was... I mean, for the listeners, uh, (laughs) let me break it down for you. I think when I was 22, my mom became homeless. I almost became homeless. 
And so for about four years, it was just me focusing on my career. Mm -hmm. And I dismissed the thought of a woman Mm -hmm. coming into my mind. I was like, nope, can't do it. I have to work. I have to make money. My mom actually had to come and move in with me. And, you know, the fact that I didn't really have a lot of money, I couldn't really support myself at Mm -hmm. that time. So, yeah, I dismissed the thought of a woman whenever a woman came across my mind. And then all of a sudden it clicked. I was like, I have a great career. I'm not happy yet. And I realized it was, you know, missing that intimate connection with a woman. And so for about three years straight, I was like, I'm going to make it a priority. I'm going to date. I'm going to date. I'm going to date. I'm going to go out and have fun because I missed that. I missed out on that. And so predatory, I mean, uh, that's <laughs> maybe. I'm poking fun at you. <laughs> uh, I would say I was just, it was something that I needed to experience. You know, I needed to talk to women. I needed to, to feel a woman's touch. I missed being in the feminine presence. But also, like, it was something I needed to do and experience in my own evolution. I mean, you had a serious relationship. Yeah. Contrast to your dating experience, I was a serial, not was, I guess I am a serial monogamous type. Yeah. Yeah. So then the dating and that felt very passive, just like we fell into it, kind of like. Like we we fall into gender norms, right? It's a guy courting the girl and it's looked down upon if the girl approaches or courts the guy. Yeah. If a woman says she wants something, it's almost like a whorish kind of thing. Right, 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 right. I I get that. And with this podcast, we are breaking away from patterns, right? Like we said, we are relearning how to date. We are subverting the old ways and the old programs. Mm -hmm. And so we encourage you females to step into your own power. If you want to ask for a guy's number, ask for that guy's number. And also for you men out there, like step up. (laughs) (laughs) In breaking gender norms, I think this is a good time to introduce the divine feminine, the divine masculine. To firstly break off a huge one, it doesn't mean that a man is masculine and the woman is feminine. Right. When we talk about divine masculine and divine feminine, it's not gender specific. We all encompass divine masculine and divine feminine, and we are clearly talking about energies and not gender. So please do not get offended when we talk about masculine, and please do not get offended when we talk about feminine. Now, I want want to bring it into, I had a great session with a teacher uh, a few months ago. I talked to him about my dating life, my bar scene life, and he comically referred to it as machine gun gaming. And yes, it was. It was me identifying which woman's energy field was open enough for me to pierce through her auric field. I didn't know that's what I was doing at the time, but looking back on it, that's exactly what I was doing. And what I was doing was I was using my empathy to pierce through her auric field and machine gun game. And what I learned was empathy takes you out of your own body and into theirs. I'm basically reading her energy and not my own energy. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm processing the data from her auric field so that I can actually slide into that field. So you're using it <laughs> against, not against, or using right. it to your advantage. To my advantage. Yeah. And that's what I did for about three years. Oh. And when I realized empathy, that's, that's how empathy can be one of the lowest psychic skills is because it takes you out of your body. It takes you out of your own intuition. And you're, we talked about this in the last episode where your intuition is far more powerful than your empathy will ever be. Empathy should be one of the tools in the tool bag. I'm not saying like you should never rely on empathy. And I think last episode, we kind of railed on empathy a little bit too hard. But I mean, the moral of this story is your intuition is far more powerful. So the distorted feminine energy of, version of what you just said is 
people pleasing and adapting. So, right. which is definitely something I did. So, what it looks like then would be learning the guy's story, learning the guy's interests, right. and then molding yourself to it, maybe. Right. Yeah. Right. It's like uh, building up this conceptual image of yes. them, right? And trying to match up to it. No, yeah, this is all like we're talking about the old ways of dating, and this is it. It's like, oh, let, let me get to know you. Let me, let's go out for coffee, right? Let me get to know you. Tell me about your past experiences because I think we all believe that our past experiences are the epitome of who we are when that's completely wrong. It's a story we tell it's ourselves. It's a story. It's History, his it's, story. Right. It's, it's completely wrong. Is that the true you? It's what you've experienced and your experiences have helped mold your ways of knowledge and helped you live life up until that certain point. And I'm not trying to discount or dismiss your experiences, but you are not your experiences. I'll say that again. You are not your experiences. That's pretty huge. Right? That breaks down a lot of paradigms people understand already. And I guess this is where it sounds like hippie or new age, but like we're all just light beings. Right. Um, Let's talk about dating apps, the Tinders, the Bumbles, the hinges of the world. And yeah, I was on the dating apps and completely superficial. It was just completely like, oh, this girl has some nice boobs or a a really nice body. And... (laughs) How did you approach those dating apps? What were you looking for? Was it the story or was it looks? I think there would be partially looks, you know. There's the stereotype of like, mm, he has to be over 5'9 or 5'10, right, you know? Right, right, right. Those list of conditions. <laughs> yeah, right? there you go. That's a good way to say it. Yeah. For me, dating apps, like, it was all just looks. Trying to get the hottest girl. Mm, trying to get to know the hottest girl. A little competitive. Right. <laughs> when you step into the spiritual world... It's all about energy. So you can never really fully get to know someone or fully be encompassed by their essence if you're not intuitive. Intuitive. And if you're not basically in front of them, there's plenty of women that I was completely attracted to. But if they were on a dating app, I would swipe left, you know, or I wouldn't mesh mesh them. Throughout my life, there's plenty of women that I was completely attracted to based off of their energy. Helen, you're on this matchmaking service right now, aren't you? Yes, I heard about it from you. (laughs) What's your experience now with the whole process? Well, interestingly enough, I would have to say that it is a very good model to have our listeners understand unconscious to conscious dating. So when my matchmaker gave me my first match, I was pretty inclined to people please and be like, hey, okay, I'll meet him or whatever. And I got some friends who were just like, you got to do it. That's what you paid for. But actually, when I really sat down with myself, the reason I signed up for the matchmaking service is really to not be the people pleaser anymore Mm -hmm. and to know myself and what I want. Mm -hmm. So I worked up the courage to let my matchmaker know that, no, I just didn't feel that energetic read on this man. Right. And then there's a coaching aspect to it. So I talked with a dating coach and I learned that I may already have two feet in with this guy I've been seeing for a while Mm -hmm. and that perhaps there's more of myself that I need to work on. And so my intuition will be stronger before I actually open my heart to someone else. Right. So now, I mean, you have one match down, right? One match down. And then how many more to go? Five more to go. So she's going to, my matchmaker will send me the next one and we'll see again what happens with my reading. And I can now look at it very consciously and see what energies I get rather than reading the successful profile, right. the shared interests, shared right, values. Right, right, Now, when we talk about energy and intuition, what we're saying is relying on what your body tells you. 
So dating with intention, what does that really mean? What does it look like to date with intention? Coming at it with a conscious approach. I think you've sent me this spiritual relationship counselor and it was his like it was like a meme or something or it was an article it was talking about the divine masculine and the divine feminine at the top of it this kind of burned in my mind he said what is it that you want to create in relationships in dating before i started dating my current girlfriend i took that into meditation i realized you know i want to create a loving lasting relationship full of depth meaning understanding spontaneity joy bliss, uh, romance. When's the last time, you know, someone said, oh, this is what I want to create with my partner. Is that something that like you can also relate to? Yes, it is. As I'm finally dating consciously, intentionally, like listening to yours was very beautiful because it sounds very, you know, like principles that you can tune into. Mm. I've been doing it more moment by moment, right? recognizing that when I make a date, I want to have fun. Right. Or, the energies. Yeah. What, yeah. what energies do you I mean, look, everything is energy. We all know <laughs> this, right? Everything is energy. What do we want to create? What energies do we want to create? And we talk about that is an active approach. And the passive approach, like me, I used to be like, oh, I hope I have fun. I, we'll, we'll see, right? <laughs> we'll see if I like her. We'll see if we'll have a good time tonight when that's that's taking away your, your power. Mm-hmm. And you, giving it to someone else, and, actually, very right, actively. Right, <laughs> right. We are creator beings. Mm-hmm. We are creator beings, and we have to master the manipulation and transmutation of energy. Mm-hmm. You create in every moment. We like you, this is one of the first things you know as you know you step into this world of spirituality. You create in every moment, and that is absolutely true. So the next time you step into a date, the next time you match with someone on Bumble, ask yourself. What energies do you want to create? Take that moment, take that pause, and not just instantly right. send the hi or the pickup line that you always use. Right. I used to do that. <laughs> hi, 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 hi. Hi, hi, But yes, we always talk about people can only meet you at the depth in which they have met themselves. Isn't that big? Mm-hmm. Isn't that huge? Knowing what we know with an awakened consciousness and hearing that statement, people can only meet you at the depth in which they have met themselves. What does that mean to you? Like, if you can think about it as depth, that's one way. But it's also about their, they can meet you in the awareness that they're in as mm-hmm. well, right? You can transpose that. Right. And so if you're someone who's in this, I'm just going to use levels just because it's, if it was graded, right? If right. you're in a level three and you you want a level three relationship, but then you're dating someone who's in a level one, are you going to feel fulfilled? Can you make sure that you're fulfilled in that relationship? Yeah. And for me, it was like realizing that there's no separation, right? Realizing my inner connection to all that is mm-hmm. and integrating that information for a few years, I approach dating completely different after that. You encompass so much more. We talk about you encompass so much more than this body. It's difficult to even relate to someone that doesn't have that knowledge or isn't on that path because to them, separation is still a thing. I stopped dating. We talked about this in uh, probably the first episode. First episode I stopped yeah. dating for about two, three years. Because I didn't know how to approach it. And it was scary. It was scary relearning how to date. And it's still something, you know, I have a girlfriend now. I have to keep on saying that. <laughs> I have a girlfriend. And mind you, I hadn't really had a serious relationship my whole life. Mm-hmm. I think my first girlfriend was in eighth grade for about nine months. I think that was my longest relationship. And then my second girlfriend was in college. And we only dated for about five, six months. And that was it. And now at the age of 34, I have my first serious relationship. So I'm still learning how to be in a relationship. 
Do you want to speak about how good stuff. what you guys are creating? Oh yeah, I mean, I step into. She doesn't know this, so if she she'll probably listen to this. <laughs> but yeah, I'll step into meditations and I'll ask myself what I want to create. You know, each week. Um, we've also heard the term "you can't love someone unconditionally" if you don't love yourself unconditionally. For me, that is true. Oh yeah, and I have multiple instances recently of that as I've been mm-hmm. going through it on my self love journey because it's all about self love. Yeah, it is. It is. Because it translates outward. Mm -hmm. It emanates outward. Yeah. If we're giving the tools in the toolbox, like, on their usefulness or their level of spiritual gains, Mm -hmm. like, that self-love is compassion. And compassion is huge. Right. You can be in a loving relationship while you are healing. Yes. And and that relationship, like, everyone deserves to be in a loving relationship. Yes. If the opportunity presents itself to you. Mm -hmm. Now, here's the thing. If you haven't dealt with your unhealed traumas, your fears, your patterns, your negative thought programs, you can guarantee that those will be triggered at some point during the relationship. Am I right? So true. Am I right? Be ready. Be ready. If you don't have a lot of unconditional love for yourself, you can be sure, and I'll say this firmly and boldly, that those issues will come out at some point during the relationship. And so that's why we always talk about self-healing. It always comes to healing, mm-hmm. right? Healing your traumas, mm-hmm. healing your negative thought patterns, being aware of your past conditioning. Yes. Right? So again, breaking those down, breaking right. those paradigms, beliefs down. Right. If you're unaware of your conditioning, they will be made apparent in the relationship. I can guarantee you that. It is so going to come in your face. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, never mind. This is a podcast episode on sex and dating, so it's okay to say that. (laughs) You should come in your face. That was great. Love it. That's going to be such a good humor moment. Anyways. Um, Anyway. (laughs) It's, what is it? What was I going to say around, was it uh, healing... Oh, mind you, this comes up because you're ready. So recognize your own power in that. Yes. And, you know, we do have those soul contracts to be with people at different intervals in our life, whether they are loving contracts or toxic ones. Just be aware that anyone who comes into your life, you chose during the pre-birth process. You chose that experience with them. And you can revoke those contracts if they no longer serve you. All right, so now let's talk about finding someone who is on your level of vibration. We talked about this in the first episode where I said that you need to find someone on your level of frequency, and that is partly true. In terms of your own self-evolution and and your own expansion, you always want to try to find someone that is on your level of frequency, and I will stand by it, but it doesn't mean that you can't be with someone on a lower vibration. And when I talk about vibrations, I'm, I'm talking about level of consciousness, And that thought is, it's extremely self-limiting. It's not opening yourself up to the infinite. This is an infinite universe with infinite possibilities. And so that was kind of the propaganda that I was telling myself for a few years. Like, I need to find someone who is aware of what I'm aware of, who has my knowledge. And did I find someone? No. But I finally found myself in a loving relationship with someone that I deeply love. And here's what I actually learned. You can learn to harmonize with someone on a different frequency. 
we're here on this planet, right, in this density expression of a body mm-hmm. to learn to master energy, to learn to manipulate and transmute energy. And so it's part of my job to learn to harmonize not only with my girlfriend, but everyone else, everyone in my social circle. It's like scales and keys on a piano. You know, which key works best with the vibrations around me? Mm. You know? Yeah. And it's a great metaphor. Does my girlfriend understand everything that I'm going through? No, and that's okay. You know, whenever you're dealing with esoterics, you're always dealing with simple yet complex topics, right? Yes. That you can only understand when you reached a certain level of vibration. And so part of my harmonization with my girlfriend is keeping an open line of communication. I talk to her about everything. And whenever something spiritual comes up, I will do my best to explain what is going on or how I actually perceive things. And that openness is intimacy, which is a big part of intentional dating as Uh, well. Openness. Compassion for her, her, compassion for myself, and your new dating experiences. Do you outright state, like, I'm into spirituality? <laughs> I am way more open than I have ever been, for Great. sure. <laughs> same here, same here. Like, this is kind of like a growing experience for the both of us. Yes. Yeah, and yeah. it's it's great. It's, uh, I think what I notice is we all just want to be seen in our own authentic selves. Mm-hmm. and Unapologetically. That, yeah. What are your strategies now as you move forward in your dating life? I received a wise piece of advice where whatever pace you think is good, go slower. That slowness allows you pause uh-huh. and reflection. And we need that pause and reflection because we have to reevaluate or evaluate anything that we've been experiencing. Because we would default to our old patterns, we need to evaluate so that we can see what we want intentionally, what we want actively, and then be in the creation, that energy. Mm -hmm. We all know that relationships, dating are energetic exchanges, right? When there's a block in one, the whole relationship is blocked. There needs to be a clear feedback loop for that relationship to bloom and succeed. As it pertains to a serious relationship, and as you guys become more intertwined with each other's energies and within your auric field, blocks can be instantly felt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's one experience from you where you instantly knew there was a block and he didn't even have to say anything. Mm, I'm going to have to think about that. You go first. <laughs> <laughs> I had one girl that I was dating and I won't get into much detail, but I fell in love with her and I me- instantly knew that something was off. I had caused a, l- a little bit of problems early on in the relationship, but I instantly knew that it wasn't going to end well. <laughs> Uh That was already an energetic block within that relationship. Again, we come back to self-awareness, reading your body, reading your intuition. Whenever you get so intertwined with someone's auric field, you absolutely read their energies. I guess on the flip side, I can say that when I was really entwined with someone's energy, we had a conversation where he needed to go off and process it. Uh And so I didn't hear from him for a little bit. But the night before he contacted me, finally came in and replied, I knew he was talking about me the night before. Oh, wow. You're, yeah. you're, you're telepathic psychic abilities, <laughs> right? No, we all, we all have these abilities. We all have these abilities. You guys know how to read energies. Mm-hmm. You don't need me. You don't need us to tell you that. <laughs> mm-hmm. We're just here to empower you to do it. Right. We're, we're here to encourage you to step into your own power. All right. So, Helen, let's talk about sexual polarity. So there's this guy named David Data, and he wrote this book called The Way of the Superior Man. 
And it's basically a spiritual guide for men and women, for the divine masculine and feminine to approach dating, sex, and sexual relationships. And actually a really, really great book. So he states that sexual attraction is based on sexual polarity, which is the force of passion that arcs between masculine and feminine poles. All natural forces flow between two poles. We know this, right? This is, this is absolutely true. All natural forces flow between two poles. Positive and negative poles of your electrical outlet or car battery create an electrical flow. In the same way, masculine and feminine poles between two people create the flow of sexual feeling. This is sexual polarity. And then he goes on to state, if men and women are clinging to a politically correct sameness, even in moments of intimacy, then sexual attraction disappears. What are your thoughts, Tom? I am... One has to be... So he's basically mm -hmm. saying that for sexual attraction to be evident or apparent in any relationship, heterosexual, homosexual relationships, that one must be masculinely polarized and the other femininely polarized. What are your thoughts about that? It's something I've been exploring recently, and I do find that that is true in my experience mm -hmm. of it because mm -hmm. the more masculine men I've been with, uh, at me identifying right. as the more feminine right. energy, right. And your it's preference. been more charged. Right, yeah. right. Again, we know that masculine and feminine are not gender-specific. We're talking strictly about energies. Both men and women encompass both masculine and feminine. And depending on your level of awareness, you can animate those energies in any particular moment. So for me, I'm completely aware of my masculine and my feminine energies. I've been attracted to women who exhibit both. I've been attracted to highly feminine females and highly masculine females. And when I say masculine, people are going to immediately, they're probably triggered to like this big macho woman. No, no. I'm talking about confident personalities, assertive personalities, right? Mm -hmm. And I've been, I've been attracted to both. I was talking about this with my girlfriend the other week. I was talking to her about this book. I'm like, I agree yet disagree with with what he says you know he has a lot of clients david data he has a lot of case studies and where he says 90 percent of his clients actually prefer a polarized relationship oh, okay yeah so he, he he's not talking out of his ass people he is actually relaying information on what he's actually observing would your experience be a little more nuanced in the fact that as a more aware person aware human who knows how to be in tune with both energies, mm -hmm. masculine, feminine, mm -hmm. is why you don't necessarily need the polarity as much in the attraction. Right, you're, you're absolutely right. I guess it, yeah, and it varies from individual to individual. Yes. For me, it's a tango. You know, it's a dance. Mm -hmm. In my current relationship and with girls I have dated, it's, you know, in bed, you could flip that energy. Like, I can be the more masculine, she can be the more feminine in, in an instant she could be the more masculine. I could be the more feminine. It's, again, mastering energies. It's like knowing when to switch, knowing when to revert back to whatever energy is needed in the moment. But you, yeah. for you, your preference is just more masculine? Yes. There is a lot of conditioning in mm -hmm. American culture the way it is to be more masculine. It, mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a more masculine-favored culture. Right. And it's, it's a distorted masculine yes. energy, right? Yes. Yeah. Win, win, win. The hierarchy of competition. Yes, that. You know, that is a distorted masculine. Mm -hmm. Ooh, what are you sexually attracted to now as this highly evolved spiritual being? Sexually attracted to, we're talking yeah. about? Yeah. Yes. 
So, wow, this is like a loaded question because my sexual experiences have definitely changed. Right, this, is a, this is an open conversation for all, and everything is on the table. I would have to say it's more around what you were saying around the dance and the ability to play between the masculine and the feminine energies mm -hmm. because we all love variety. Variety is the spice of life. Right, so if right. you're always only in one is it right. really fun? <laughs> is it right. dynamic? It kind of, it kind of, right. <laughs> and it kind of, you know, goes back to what we were talking about. Like, I'm attracted to both. I'm very aware that my girlfriend has feminine qualities and masculine qualities, and she knows this. She knows this, and it's great for me. <laughs> it's great for me. Just in case there are listeners who aren't as aware what divine feminine and masculine are when we're talking about it, a few general traits around the divine feminine are creativity and flow, a receiving state of being, right. much more nurturing, much more love-oriented. Divine masculine would be very action-based, has a structure, has more weight in logic, and it takes charge, and it's giving. It's where our purpose is figured out, mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. A metaphor I want to offer is that the masculine is like the artist. So he's the one bringing out what the feminine represents in the expressivity and right. the emotion. And she is the art. Yeah. And yeah, since we were talking about polarity, we have to talk about the divine masculine and divine feminine. And those are traits, characteristics of those energies. When we talk about balance, we talk about yin and yang. In order to achieve your most fulfilling relationship, it is imperative to bring those energies into balance. When we talk about conscious dating, we talk about conscious relationships. It's healing through your lower energies, balancing out those energies. Again, like we always, we always take it back to healing, and it is, because that's what it's all about. When you are unbalanced, you haven't identified your traumas, patterns, fears, programs. They will become apparent in your relationship. The divine masculine and feminine warrants uh, another episode in itself, but it's, it's important to state, and it's important to bring up within this episode because it's so important that everyone recognizes this. Mm-hmm. And the yin-yang balance, if you guys think of the yin-yang symbol, there is a little bit of the white in the black and the black in the white. Mm -hmm. So they do need each other right. to be a right. balance. Right. We talk about healing and balancing energies. Helen, how do you do that? I have noticed how I have distorted feminine in way of being people-pleasing and seeking validation. So I've definitely worked on my beliefs to know that my validation comes from me from within and to accept who I am and that way I'm not people pleasing and in the masculine part learning to trust it really mm -hmm. so I've had trust a, is a huge yeah yeah I've had a huge distrust of it and that made me very imbalanced and that means feeling into my body to allow whatever comes up to come up. Right. Feeling through your emotions. Yeah, for me, it's being able to look at all aspects of myself without fear. Mm. When you have two balanced people, two people with, with high awareness and who have done the work on themselves, they come together and they literally become a power couple. It's the new definition of the power couple, right? <laughs> yes, it is. It's because we, and I say power, is because they've mastered energies. Mm -hmm. They've mastered energies. They've created on their own. And now they come together to create 
a unified front of unconditional love and they create at will. Mm-hmm. They aren't limited by their past conditioning. Not at all. By their past programming. And this is huge. This is like the epitome of this episode. It's full manifestation of creator power, creator energy. Yes, we are creators. Mm-hmm. We are creators. And when you realize this and you relax into your energies, your partner can feel that. Your partner can feel that you are steadfast and confident in your own energies. That alone allows them to relax into theirs. It's inspiring. Yes. And they've, it's, again, it's a constant feedback loop of love and energy where they identify blocks whenever they come up because they will. You know, no relationship is perfect. The blocks will come up, but it's, the, it's their ability to move past that. These people are both deeply rooted in consciousness and the advancement of humanity, all while advancing their own relationship. Yeah, that's absolutely what I want to create, right? Of course, right? I do. <laughs> hey, this is powerful shit. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> I can feel it. It's all rising. All right, so there's a lot of information here about sex, dating, and spirituality going to take a break we hope you like this episode if you liked it please subscribe you can find me at journeythroughtheawakening.com and find me at heal.me slash helen look out for the next episode in a few weeks mm-hmm.